the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. And with your spirit. My brothers, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. ever-living God, look with compassion on our weakness and ensure us your protection by stretching forth the right hand of your majesty through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, if you remove from your midst oppression, false accusation, and malicious speech, if you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then light shall rise for you in the darkness, and the gloom shall become for you like midday. Then the Lord will guide you always and give you plenty even on the parched land. He will renew your strength, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. The ancient ruins shall be rebuilt for your sake, and the foundations from ages past you shall raise up. Repairer of the breach, they shall call you, restorer of ruined homesteads. If you hold back your foot on the Sabbath, from following your own pursuits on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, if you honor it by not following your own ways, seeking your own interest, or speaking with malice, then you shall delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will nourish you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. Be to 
Jesus saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And leaving everything behind, he got up and followed him. <coughs> Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were at table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes complained to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said to them in reply, Those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. The gospel of the Lord. The words of the gospel. Praise to Lord Jesus Christ. As we draw to the conclusion of this Catholic Men's Conference, hearing today's gospel, the call of Matthew, I am reminded of the church of San Luigi dei Francesi in Rome. There in this particular church, which was the bane of my existence because I would have to go for three hours every Thursday night to study French in Italian, uh, <laughs> I would stop in the church and make a visit, and there in this church is a famous painting of Caravaggio the Chiamata di San Matteo, the call of St. Matthew. There that the pa painting shows Christ and St. Peter uh, dressed in kind of their traditional garb and Jesus is signaling toward Matthew sitting at the tax collector's table. There is a window behind them and the light is shining forth through the, the glass. The frame of the glass is that of a cross. And there is an elderly man there pointing at himself as if to say, who, me? And there is a young man looking down at the coins, looking on the table, disillusioned. People come and they look at this beautiful painting. But it's the call of St. Matthew, Levi. He leaves his customs post and begins to follow after Jesus immediately. Jesus simply says two words, follow me. Jesus had said something similar to Peter and Andrew. Follow me. And they left their fishermen's nets. James and his brother John. And they left their nets and their father and their boat. And they followed him. At the very word of Jesus, in the presence of the eternal word, there is an immediate response from Matthew. How do we respond to the call? To the call to holiness, the call to be saints? Is it with a certain degree of urgency? Or do we respond in a lackluster way? Do we respond with great enthusiasm? Matthew got up from his tax collector's post. Or do we respond with a lack of enthusiasm? Kind of begrudgingly do we go. What is it about Jesus' original presence that attracted Matthew? It must have attracted him more than money. Matthew as a tax collector, Levi, would have been a very well-to-do man. 
he collected taxes for their Roman oppressors. And the more that he collected, the more that he could keep for himself. He perhaps had many of this world's goods, but was perhaps also, like Zacchaeus elsewhere in St. Luke's Gospel, was despised by his own people. The Beatles' song is, Money Can't Buy Me Love, and it can't. We can have all of this world's goods and lack that which is truly essential, love. But somehow or the other, Jesus gazed upon Levi, saw him in his misery, could read into his soul, and he said, follow me. Jesus did not force him to follow. Jesus invited him. Jesus does not force us to be his disciples. He invites. How do we respond? How do we use our freedom to say yes to Jesus and no to the things of this world? Because we can acquire many, many possessions, but not really experience true love or true joy. There was a man in my first parish 20 years ago. He had seven children. And he had his man cave down in his basement with a big screen television, a picture of then-President George W. Bush, the American flag, and a bunch of his guns on the wall. And he'd, he'd come back from work, and his kids would be all over him, and he'd push him aside and go down to his man cave and sit there in the chair with his beer and put on the television and watch his television. And he's like, Father, I love television. I love television. I can watch television all day long. He said, but you know what? TV never loves me back. My wife, my kids, they love me back. You will never find true love looking at your phone or your iPad. You will find it right in front of you in the person of Jesus Christ. And Christ's presence is mediated in and through the church. Christ's presence is often mediated in and through our family members and friends. We encounter Christ not only when we, the church gathers for worship, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. In the proclamation of the word, especially in the gospel, we encounter him in the person of the priest, but above all, we encounter him in the Holy Eucharist. I often quote Pope Benedict XVI, who said, being a Christian is not a result of an ethical choice or lofty idea. It is a result of an encounter with an event or a person who gives our life a decisive direction and opens up new horizons. That is exactly what happened with Levi, with St. Matthew. He encountered a person, an event, that gave his life a decisive direction, that opened up a new horizon for him. Think about what Matthew's life would have been like if he had just stayed at his customs posts and just kept collecting taxes. Think about all the experiences he would have missed out on, the miracles he would not have seen. He would have been stuck in his old life, the way of sin, the way of disillusionment. He would never have found true fulfillment or joy. Jesus piqued his curiosity. There was already a longing within him for something better. And one who was outside of him spoke, follow me. We should think about the power of the word. Two words, follow me and you leave your whole life. Have we ever met Jesus in this way? We encounter him in the Eucharist. Very often we go through the motions. But do we listen to his word? 
And having let his word penetrate our hearts, the word of God is living and effective. It pierces the heart like a two-edged sword. Are we fundamentally changed by it? Do we live differently? Are we content to go back to our old life? Matthew responded in freedom to the call. He said yes to Jesus and left his life of sin and disillusion behind. But he did something else. It wasn't just the personal call and the joy of being gazed upon with mercy and love by the Lord. That is, in fact, what Pope Francis has chosen as his, his motto as Pope. No, it's something more than just simply the gaze of mercy and the call. Matthew is transformed by his encounter with the Lord because what does he do? Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were at table with him. The Pharisees and their scribes complained to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? You see, the scribes and Pharisees had this idea that only those who were righteous would dine at the Father's table in the Father's house. And they saw themselves as strict keepers of the law, as the righteous, as the ones who would dine at the, father, in the, at the Father's table in the Father's house. St. Luke's Gospel is filled with this theme of being in the Father's house. The Word of God descended from the Father's house and made his home in the dwelling place of the Blessed Virgin Mary. There was no room for the Word of God to be born. There was no room for them in the inn. And he couldn't be born in a house but in a stable. He was forced to flee even from there into Egypt and then return. When he was 12 years old, he went up to his father's house. And he was lost to the caravan. But there he was. Did you not know I needed to be in my father's house? Did you not know that I needed to be about my father's business? Jesus came to gather God's children into his father's house. And he would suffer upon the cross, rise from the dead, and ascend to the father's house. In St. Luke's Gospel in the 15th chapter, there's the beautiful story of the prodigal son. Man leaves his father's house. He asks for his inheritance. He squanders it on a life of sin and dissipation and loose women. Finds himself hungry and lower than the pigs. And he says, I, I have sinned against God and my father. I will arise and go to my father's house. And his father embraces him with mercy and compassion. Puts a ring on his finger, uh, the royal cloak upon him, sandals on his feet, and slaughters the fattened calf for him. For his son who is dead has come back to life. He who was lost has been found. St. Luke's gospel is about gathering God's children into the father's house. But all of God's children, if they will unite themselves with the father's only begotten son. Tax collectors and sinners are doing this. Levi, having been transformed by God's grace, being given the grace of conversion... Not only has his sins forgiven, but he changes his life. He welcomes tax collectors and sinners, not condoning their sin, but introducing them now to Jesus. It is significant here. What this is alluding to is that if we unite ourselves to Jesus and remain united to him, 
we too will have a place at the table in the Father's house. Lent is a time for repentance, of conversion, of getting on the road. Jesus says, follow me. Our responsorial psalm verse, which we heard, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. We need to walk in the way of the Lord Jesus. What is repentance? In Hebrew, there is a word, shev, and it describes walking along a path, and you come to a fork in the road, and it splits. And so let's say you take the left fork, and then you realize this is the wrong way to go. And you literally turn around and come back to the center point and then walk along the right path. This is what conversion is like. And Pope Francis says we need to be a church that walks together. So just that we walk as individuals. We walk together. We are never alone. So many men today receive the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. And it's not just that they have been converted, they've been reconciled to God. They've been reconciled to God through the church, and they've been reconciled to the church and so reconciled to God. And so together we walk along the right path. We walk in the truth. And Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is the path. He is the path that leads to life. In Greek, Shev is translated as metanoia, metanoiete, which means not only being converted, turning ourselves around physically and walking the right path, but changing our way of thinking, changing our way of doing things. You've all had a great experience today, I presume. So when you go home, what will be different about your life? One of our speakers today said, if you go home and you go back to your old ways, you miss the entire point of the day. What did you learn today? What did you see today? How will your life be different because you have encountered God's mercy, because you have received Jesus into your soul? St. Alphonsus says, paradise for God is the human heart. So when God comes to dwell in the home that is your heart, or when you have taken the Blessed Virgin Mary into your home, into your interior life, how will you be different? How will you be changed? We can have all the good intentions in the world that we want, but St. Alphonsus says people get all kinds of illumination in prayer. They make no progress in the spiritual life because they make no concrete resolutions. What will be different? St. Matthew must have made some resolutions because he left everything to follow Jesus. Think about how we deprived we would be if we only had three Gospels instead of four. A new horizon was opened up for him, a decisive direction. What is that direction for you? How is God calling you to be a better husband, a better father, a better brother, a better man? Matthew must have had some ability but he wasn't using all his gifts and talents. Jesus is a spiritual entrepreneur. He is a leader, and he leads by example. And he had a vision of salvation for sinners. He did not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. This was his vision, to reconcile sinners to the Father. Jesus 
surrounded himself with other people who sort of complimented him. They were not the sharpest tools in the shed. They were fishermen, zealots, tax collectors. But Jesus could see that Matthew had some intelligence, being a tax collector, being organized. You need somebody to be organized. But he could see his greater potential. And he looked into his soul and he called him from the mediocrity of merely using his intelligence to the greatness of being an evangelist, one who proclaims the gospel of salvation. He would call him not only to proclaim this gospel, to, to be a witness to it and to be a servant. And we see in Matthew's house he's already being of service to other tax collectors and sinners by showing hospitality, by showing them that they have a place where they can belong. This is also the mission of the church, to draw sinners to the Father in and through Christ, to welcome them, to welcome them back, to invite them. But there is a risk for us that we are not going to be like Matthew, but rather like the scribes and Pharisees. For we as Catholics, we have the true faith that comes to us from the apostles. We have the fathers of the church and the great saints. We have the tradition. We have the Word of God both written and handed down, the Scriptures and the tradition. We have the Pope. It's as if we have all the tools in our arsenal so we might be content. We could say the same of the scribes and Pharisees. They had the, they had the Torah. They had the tradition of the rabbis. They knew they were more intelligent than the masses, but they lacked the intelligence of the heart to see where mercy and love were needed, and to act. Matthew had a twofold intelligence of his mind and his heart. He could see Christ calling him, and that this was the solution to all his life's problems. Christ was the solution to his heart's desire for truth and goodness, beauty, and above all, love. And heart spoke to heart, and he followed him, and he was changed. And he changed others because of the gift he had received. We too have received the call. With every gift, there is a task. What greatness is God calling you to? Whom is Christ calling you to invite, to follow him, to be a part of the church? How is Christ calling you to repentance and to be better, to be more? Earlier today, I quoted St. Francis of Sales, be who you are and be that well in honor of the master craftsman whose handiwork you are. St. Matthew would not allow himself to be defined by his weakness. Rather, like St. Peter and St. Paul, repenting of their sins, he rose to true greatness. Our greatness, however, is not measured by our wealth, by our career, by our power. Our greatness is measured by our fidelity, our faithfulness to Christ, our faithfulness to our spouses, to our family, to our commitments. Our greatness is measured by our service, especially of the poorest of the poor. Listen to the words of the prophet Isaiah. If you remove from your midst oppression, false accusation, and speech, if you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, 
Then your light shall rise for you in the darkness, and the gloom shall become for you like midday. The Lord will guide you always and give you plenty, even on the parched land. He will renew your strength, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. That is you if you remove oppression from your midst, if you stop false speech, if you bestow this world's goods on those who are truly needy, then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and you will be truly renewed, and you will be called repairer of the breach, restorer of the ruined homesteads. If your family life is in chaos now, God gives you now this moment to experience His grace, to be a restorer of ruined homesteads by repenting of your sins and by being generous to the poor. Matthew was of a people who were conquered by the Romans. Everything seemed in disarray, and God gave him a chance, a moment. God gives you this chance to be more, to be more for him, for his kingdom, and for his glory. It's been a beautiful day, but now let us seize the moment. This is our moment when he says, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, to send the kingdom of the evil one and his minions packing through the power that comes from Christ himself. He alone is the one who is the true restorer of, repairer of the breach and restorer of our ru ruined homesteads. And if that ruined homestead is our heart, now it is time to let him enter and to let also his mother enter in. From that moment, he took her into his home and said of the beloved disciple, and you are called to be a disciple, a follower, a learner from Jesus Christ, that true teacher. But you are called not just to be a disciple, but a missionary, to go and share with others what God has done for you. What does the name of Jesus mean? God saves. God saves. So now how will you say thank you? I think about my whole life, the parents I had, the family, my brothers, all the blessings, setbacks, everything. And there are many more blessings than failures. And I think of the words of the psalmist. What thanks shall I render unto the Lord for all the good things he has rendered unto me? The cup of salvation I will take up, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. My brothers... Let us call upon the name of the Lord to strengthen us in our vocations, that we may be the men and the church he has called to be, not for our glory, but for his. To Christ be all power, glory, and adoration, now and forever. Amen. Now, with great confidence, let us turn to our Heavenly Father to pray for the church, the world, 
and all those in need. Lord, we ask for prayers for our whole world, particularly those places that suffer from war, from famine, from division, that you can bring your healing touch into all aspects of their lives and provide healing into every place. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the people of our country, that we put away division and that we focus and bring our energies on bringing communities together in loving partnership with one another so that we can receive from God what he is intending to give us. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the people of Columbus, particularly the marginalized, the sick, those who need healing, that the Lord during this season of Lent bring about his healing touch in their lives. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all the men at this conference, may from the words that have been spoken today, fruit take place in your life and that you go out into the vineyard and share that fruit with others. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for the intentions that we hold in the silence of our hearts and mind. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Almighty and eternal Father, look with love upon the heart of your dearly beloved Son and see the praise and satisfaction he offers you on behalf of sinners. Being appeased, grant your mercy and love to those who seek it. We ask this in all things, through Christ our Lord. Amen.
pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Accept, we pray, O Lord, the sacrifice of conciliation and praise, and grant that cleansed by its working, <coughs> we may offer minds well-pleasing to you, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For through bodily fasting you restrain our faults, raise up our minds, and bestow both virtue and its rewards through Christ our Lord. Through him, the angels praise your majesty, dominions adore and powers tremble before you. Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim worship together with exultation. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim. Therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly, for your holy Catholic Church, be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world, together with your servant Francis, our Pope, me, your unworthy servant, and all those who are holding to the truth and on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants. And all gathered here whose faith and devotion are known to you. For them we offer you the sacrifice of praise that they offer for themselves and all who are dear to them. For the redemption of their souls in hope of health and well-being. And paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, mother of our God and Lord, Jesus Christ. And blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, and Jude, Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogonus, John and Paul, Cosmos and Damien, and all your saints. We ask that through their merits and prayers and all things, we may be defended by your protecting help. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Therefore, Lord, we pray, 
graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family, order our days in your peace, and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable, so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to heaven to you, O God, his almighty Father, giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands, and once more giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Mystery of faith. Therefore, O Lord as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you have given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance and to accept them as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant, Abel the Just, the sacrifice of Abraham, our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest, Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer, we ask, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Remember also, Lord, your servants who have gone before us with a sign of faith and rest and the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace. Through Christ our Lord, amen. To us also, your servants, who those sinners, hope in your abundant mercies. Graciously grant some share and fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord, you sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. 
Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant our peace and unity in accordance with your will who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer to one another a sign of peace. of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
let us pray. Nourished with the gift of heavenly life, we pray, O Lord, that what remains for us a mystery in this present life may be for us a help to reach eternity through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow your heads for the blessing. Abide graciously, O Lord, with your people who have touched the sacred mysteries, that no dangers may bring affliction to those who trust in you, their protector, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God.